this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Stuff like that goes such a long way. It just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, right? Somebody did that for me, now I want to do it for somebody else. Once you start that chain, it kind of continues, and that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, if I can be the chain reaction to have people be more open, and even if you're not outgoing, even just if somebody does approach you, then you're open to it. If you can take that lesson from this, then great. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Now, today we are joined by Julia Jones, who is a mum, wife to MBA coach Andrew Jones, and co-founder of Behind the Bench Blog. This is a space for basketballs in a circle to share their stories, empower and encourage one another whilst attempting to navigate this complete unique lifestyle. So Julia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I have to tell you why I'm excited to interview you. Okay. Like, I have never spoke to wife of a coach besides from my partner's mum. And you're the very first person that is on more than just a trophy hey, wife. I'm excited. So I love it. And you know what I find crazy is the fact of, I don't know if it's the same over there, but I love the way that you have got a relationship with also the partners players as the the partners players as well because I can see how you know so many people would draw back from that like what's going to get said to what's going to get said to the coach um and everything so I'm really excited to like speak about behind the bench and how that even came about and how you actually even you know navigate friendship through all of this yeah. as well um so you naturally blossomed into the basketball world as you actually originally played yourself. So share with us your journey. Yeah. So, um, I mean, my journey started in Germany. Um, I was born in Berlin, Germany, and both of my parents actually played for the German national team. So that's how they met. So it was kind of love and basketball. Um, and my favorite movie ever. FYI. I know. If you haven't seen it, like there's something wrong with you, but it's okay. <laughs> I grew up in Germany, came to the US when I was 13, continued playing basketball um, throughout high school, and then went on to play in college at Penn State University. And that's where I met my husband. Um, so we met when we were 18 and 19 years old, uh, young love. I know you know a little bit about some of that stuff. So. Only a little bit. Uh, <laughs> And um, we both played uh, for Penn State. And then uh, during that time, I also went back to Germany to go compete for the German national team. Um, and then once we graduated, um, I went on to law school. He went to go play overseas, actually. So he played in Greece and the Ukraine um, and then got into coaching because he got hurt. So, yeah, we, we've been in basketball, you know, pretty much our whole lives. <laughs> Wow, you should just do like a love and basketball take two. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this, I'm going to call this episode love and basketball take oh. two. I think that's what the episode's going to be called. I, so, I know that you also had your own journey of after playing, after playing, you then went to study law. Is yes. that something you were always interested in or was that something that you were like, what am I going to do now? And then went into it. 
Kind of. So I had an opportunity to try out for a couple of WNBA teams, but um, I was kind of beat up. Um, I'd been playing basketball for, you know, almost 16, 17 years and I was tired. And so then I said to myself, okay, what's next? Um, The job market, you know, with an undergrad isn't, it's not really that great. Um, You kind of have to get more schooling. So then I decided I love to argue. Uh, I'm very opinionated. Um, And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to go to law school now. (laughs) It's the perfect fit, honestly. (laughs) So then I went to law school. Um, and we actually got married my second year in law school, which if anybody knows anything about law school, it's like super strenuous. I mean, it's a lot of studying, a lot of reading. And then I was planning a wedding at the same time. So that was, it was crazy. I don't know how I did it. Um, and so then my husband, actually, we got married and he then got the job with the Oklahoma city thunder. And I was like, okay, well, I could drop out of law school. I had one more year left, or I could basically finish up and he could go and do his thing. And then I'll just like meet him there. That's what ended up happening. I finished, graduated, which I was so happy about, and then flew out to Oklahoma to be with him out there. And it was kind of good because he got to do his thing and focus on his first year of coaching, which is a huge transition from being a player. It's so different. Um and then I got to do my thing with law school and then we kind of co- came together. Love it. Yeah. What was it like from being in front of the bench to then you personally being behind the bench, but also your husband transitioned from being a player to being the coach? You know, I can see that that is such a huge transition for both of you. Oh, it's 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 a big transition. Um, I think that... All of it, being a player um, gives you so much insight into being a coach. And I think that's why you a lot of times um, see a lot of the great coaches used to play um, because they really understand what the player's going through physically, mentally. uh, There's so much more than just playing, right? There's stuff that happens off the court or off the field. Um, there are things that happen in their home life that there are things, you know, so there's so many different factors. And so if you can understand that, those dynamics, I think that makes you even a better coach. And so for me as a spouse, for somebody that's in that industry, that's coaching, that's always busy, that's, you know, puts, I mean, it's, Isabella, it's like 82 home, uh, 82 regular season, um, you know, games, and then you have 40 at home. It's a lot. Um, you're playing almost every other night. Um, so to be understanding of that, you know, you have to kind of, I mean, for me, I understand it because I'm competitive and I used to play and I love it. Like I love basketball. So for me, it works. I'm like, yeah, go get them, go get the win. Um, you know, and I get upset when they lose, you know? So it's like, I'm so involved with it and it's, there's so much emotional connection to it because I, I used to play. And I feel like I can be more understanding of what he's going through, what the team is going through, because I've been in those shoes before, not on that level, but I get it from a former athlete's point of view. Yeah, I love how you said that. And how do you feel like you manage the pressure of it all? Because at the end of the day, like a player is a player, but the coach takes responsibility for the result. And I know how much coaches put on themselves and I know how much they are like in the game 
Right. How do you as a spouse handle that? And how do you create the difference between, okay, now you're going to shut off and we're going to have some time together because as you said, they're like mm-hmm. playing nearly every other night and therefore it means the night before it's like planning who's in the team, like everything, right? So mm-hmm. how do you as a, a spouse actually navigate your way through all of that? I mean, a lot of it's just kind of learning as you go. Um, but I think for us, um, off days are off days, right? So like we make sure that that's the time that we plan something. A lot of times you can't really plan ahead, but you kind of just go with the flow. And so that's kind of what you have to learn to do, I feel like, because, you know, one day it'll be like, oh, we won last night. So tomorrow we're going to give you off great. So now what do we do? You know, I might've had plans. I've canceled so many plans with people. Cause I'm like, sorry, my husband's off. I'm off. Like I do not have time. Um, and I kind of have to make those sacrifices and they're, they're worth it, you know? Um, but for me, I think when he comes home, you know, we have two little girls, we have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. And so when he's home, that's his time with them. Um, and he, I mean, he's such a great dad. And so seeing that different side to him is awesome. And it's good for him to kind of decompress because you're at work and it's a lot of, you know, constant like pressure, this, that, are we winning? Are we losing? What's the strategy? And then you get home and your kids don't care about it. They're like, daddy, I want to dress up as a princess and do your makeup. And he's like, okay. So, you know, it's, It's finding that balance. And I think it's so important to have that balance because if you don't have a balance, then you're going to get sick of it. It's, you know, the constant routine, the constant focus on one thing. You got to be able to have different aspects to your life in order to feel Mm -hmm. fulfilled. At least that's how I am. Um, You know, we go to church together. That's something we love doing as a family. We um, go, we go on walks. Like right now during quarantine, we have a lot of time together. And so, you know, we're just enjoying it because usually we don't have this much time. And, you know, as a mom and, and as, as for him as a dad, you know, he finds things that are his thing. So I cook and I clean. That's kind of my, my thing. And then he loves doing bath time. So he, that's his thing with the girls, right? So, you know, okay, yeah, he has a scout to do, but you know what? It's bath time. So let's do bath time. And then I can do the scout when the girls go to sleep. So it's kind of like you find that balance. And um, for me, the pressure of, you know, kind of what he brings home, a lot of times I just listen, right? I mean, you you should be your your partner's diary, right? So whatever gets set at home, stays at home. Um, and you should be able to take it in. And then I'm a lot of times I, I like to give advice again, cause I'm opinionated and I'm like, I, I think I know, like, you know, and he's like, no, you don't. Um, and so I'm always like here, you know, what about this? And then he's like, Oh, that's a good point. So, you know, you know, kind of take what you can give, you know, give what you can take, but it's, 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 um, it works for us. I, I, you know, everybody's so different. So there's not really a blueprint. I think you kind of have to just figure out what that looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really personalized to everyone and everyone you know, has to kind of navigate and fixate on what really matters the, the most to them as well. And like the three words I picked up was like, you allow the focus, but then the flow and the flexibility needs to, needs to be there. And 
something that you're going to be able to relate to is because everything is so, you know, structured one minute, but then it's really not at the same time because you never know what's next and you never know where you're going to be. Because I'm a person that like, I love stability. Mm -hmm. It's from, you know, it's from my childhood that like, I have to have like this stability and being with Kenji for 12 years, there was none of that. And I was like, how am I going to create my own stability? So Mm -hmm. like something that you said works for you is like you, you know, you will have to organize, rearrange, cancel plans. And what I realized that did for me, for example, like I knew that that stopped serving me because then I felt like I've got nothing stable in, in my life. And I love the way that like you say, well, that actually really serves me. That makes me excited. That keeps like the funness and the flow going. Where for me, I'm all about, okay, I've got to have, I've got to have this stability, like in myself. And if I'm always going to like cancel on my girlfriends or cancel on my family, it got to a stage where I was like, you know, how am I supposed to have my, have my own, life to this um and it's just funny that every time I speak to someone different they have their own way of of bringing that in Um, and so I love like the differentiation factor but the common theme still in the middle of how do you deal with all the uncertainty and all the schedule slash unscheduling right no and I mean I think there's I I agree to you you know in the extent of like so but that's when he's home see he goes on long road trips. So 10, 14 days, we might not see him. That's when I really do my own thing. Right. Um, So that's where I get that time. He's gone so much that I really do have all the time in the world to do my own thing. Found a great babysitter. You know, I want to go work out. I want to go get my nails done. I want to do my hair. Like, so that I'm like, bye, you know, that's my time. But Mm -hmm. because his time at home is so limited, I almost feel like I need to drop everything when he is home and he is available. So yeah, it's like you find the balance through throughout like the weeks and the months rather than like the balance in every day. It's like, no, I'm going to balance my self-care time and my time this week. And then next week, like it's all, it's all about, you know, the, the relationship and the family side of it. I totally, I totally yeah. get it. I totally yeah. get it for sure. <laughs> Something that of course being you know, our man's being on the the road all the time is that, yeah, it can feel good to have your own space, but it can also feel really lonely um, if you don't have a community and you don't have people to speak through that are going through the same things. Um, And I heard a quote on a podcast, I think it was on Ed Milat's podcast, and he shared something about like, you only feel lonely if you don't share what you're going through because someone else is going through it. And I know this is something that you are so passionate about. So first of all, share with me, like where the behind the bench idea originated. Mm -hmm. So when I got to Oklahoma and actually I'm, I'm actually writing, I wrote a blog about it for, for this week. But when I got to Oklahoma, it was, um, I didn't know where Oklahoma was no shade to Oklahoma, but I was like, where is this? You know, like, um, I didn't grow up in America, so I didn't know U.S. geography. We'll just we'll just talk it to that. But basically, um, I got there, and from the start, one thing that I noticed is that they welcomed us with like open arms. It didn't matter who you were, were if you were, you know, the partner of you know the top player on the team or the GM's you know wife, or if you were the janitor's um, girlfriend. It really was like. You're, you're a part of our organization. We welcome you. We all, we treat everybody the same way. And 
So that's kind of where behind the bench blossomed because Haley and I met. Her husband was a player um, for the the Thunder. My husband was at the time he was a player development coach um, slash video assistant. So really, totally different, you know, leagues kind of. If you look at it from, you know, the outside. We met and I was like, oh my gosh, she's tall. I mean, Haley's like about six three, six four. I'm six two. So yeah, Haley's super tall. And I was like, ooh, I was like, I'm gonna talk to her, right? <laughs> I'm just I'm kind of an outgoing person too in that way. But I, I saw her from the family room and I was like, oh, I was like, I gotta meet her. Um, so we connected and then we kind of, um, along with, uh, you know, a couple of other people, we kind of formed like a really neat group of, of people and we had Bible study, we had a basketball team. So like, um, we had a bunch of former players, um, that were wives and significant others for the, the team. And so we had a basketball squad. So it was like me, Nina Westbrook uh, and a couple of other people, like just, you know, like, and we we're like, we're going to play, we're going to run off our baby weight, you know, whatever. Um, it was so fun. And so we, we found different ways to kind of get together outside of going to the games and team events and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it kind of created these connections that, literally have taken us across borders. I mean, we've, we're spread out, you know, um, I've people with the Clippers, people with Phoenix, people, you know, all over the place, but we're all so connected because of the bonds that we created while we were there. And that's kind of how behind the bench happened. So Haley and I would get together and, and a bunch of us and we would have wine nights while, while the guys were on the road um, and we'd watch the game. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could create a space um, for people to share what they're going through uh, while, you know, navigating this lifestyle? And she was like, yeah. And so Haley's super good with graphics and all that kind of stuff. I like to talk. I like to reach out to people. So it was a really good union for us to kind of start it. And that's how Behind the Bench Blossom, because we felt like we wanted to share our stories. We wanted to encourage others to do the same thing, support them. And then really also the the biggest thing that I'm kind of drawing from Behind the Bench that I've noticed is like empowering other women. A lot of times in professional sports, and I, you know, you touch on this a lot too, is we take the backseat to our, you know, partner's careers. And it's fine because that's our choice and there's nothing wrong with it. But also I feel like it's important to find our own thing, like you say. And um, we try to use behind the bench as a platform to empower those women. So what we like to do is highlight people and feature people and talk about, oh, they've got a, you know, blanket business or they're, you know, selling cookware or they have an online boutique. So um, we try to do that kind of stuff as well, because we think it's important to support other women. I think a lot of times, People can be, you know, women can be a little catty and they can be envious and, and we kind of wanted to do away with it.
I can see how you really broke those barriers down. Like you're not even saying it because you guys lived it and are living it. Like I personally yeah. couldn't even imagine being in a room with like my, the, the coaches. Really? Why? Yeah. I, I just couldn't. And I couldn't even imagine being in the room with like the physio's wife, not from a place of I wouldn't want to be and I wouldn't want to talk to them because I so would. And I kind of just wish that we just had that here right now. But the fact of like, everyone's just got their guard up, I feel. And you have to really, I don't know if it's the same with you, but it's always like, you really got to show people like your true authentic self for them to start like breaking down their walls but then the guard always comes back up is like who can i trust and where's where's this gonna go mm-hmm. so how did that happen with you guys like was everyone just did it really naturally just go into this like trusting environment because at the end of the day you know if you're going to speak to your girlfriends the the boys are going to come up and what they're going through is going to come up right how does that even work i love it share no no so i mean that is it's such a tricky line it really is and 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 it's, it's a interesting space So what I found, and I kind of learned this from my mom, is whenever she meets new people, she's always like, oh, I invited uh, a person I met at the grocery store over for lunch. I'm like, what? Like, we don't even know who this person is. And she's like, it's fine. Like, we, you know, we we love God and and, and we just want to talk about it some more. And I'm like, okay, so... That's kind of, that's an extreme. Um, my my version of that is I, my mom would always be like, well, why don't you invite them over for lunch? Or why don't you invite, you know, invite them to go work out with you? So, because I was in Oklahoma, I had nobody. My family was thousands of miles away. And I thought to myself, okay, I can sit at home, go to work, do whatever, take care of my kid or and have no social life. Or I can start reaching out to people and basically saying like, hey, do you want to make cookies? Hey, do you want to go shopping? Do you, you know, what do you want to like, what's your interest? What could we do together? And so that kind of broke down those barriers because you get somebody next to you on the treadmill and you're both like sprinting your butts off and you're like, this sucks, you know, then it's like, okay, so what else is going on, you know? And so then you start to share a little bit and then you see, you know, what they share back and really that, you know, and then you have, people have to be able to trust you. There's things that you just don't share with people. And I always say, unless somebody is sharing their, you don't share other people's business. So it really, and, and that's kind of behind the bench is not so much about that's it's so not gossip, right? It's, it's so much more. It's so much like of an insight, like it lifts the curtain into what is my day to day? Like, let me be raw. Let me be authentic. Let me be honest. It sucks. You know, my husband is never home. You know, my kid's sick. I have to run to the emergency room with two kids. I mean, it's just like you're by yourself. And I think it's a big misconception just because of TV and social media is that professional sports, um, you have money, you have fame. It's awesome. There's so many more things that are not awesome about it, to be honest with you, (laughs) because with all that comes people being nasty, people expecting, you know, being like, oh, well, you get to hang out with superstars. Not really. You know, you deal with a different set of issues that a normal person in a normal profession probably doesn't deal with. So there's, there's pros and cons to all of it. But I think what unites us all is that we're going through the trenches together. And as you said, you know, you would never talk to a coach's wife necessarily. You'd want to, but it's just weird. 
I get that there might be um, certain things that um, that you wouldn't want to share with somebody like that. But I found, you know, from like Haley, and then I had another friend who was really close with her, her um, boyfriend at the time was specifically working with my husband, it was interesting to kind of hear what they were going through. And then not that I would directly go tell my husband what they shared with me. But I would be like, hey, you know, like, they're kind of going through a rough time, like, take it easy. And I wouldn't even have to say more than that. Because a lot of times players don't want to share that, right? Because they're kind of like, I'm tough. I'm this, I'm that. And then it's like, but you're human and you go through things and there's there's things that are going on in your personal life that might be affecting you a little bit. It's okay to share that. And and so when you don't, you know, it's like, how how is the coach supposed to know that, you know? And I'm not saying that I'm the one that's like telling them that, but it's just like, you know, like lay off a little, like, right? Like just take it easy. And it's like, okay, cool. Good to know. Right. I think at the end of the day, like what keyword just comes to me when you keep on speaking, it's just like, the humanness, like break down everything yeah. else that surrounds it and just reach out the way you would normally normally do. Yeah. Um, I know that my my coach's wife and family on on the island, I live on an island, FYI. Oh, cool. And fancy. <laughs> very. Um, not not that not that fancy. <laughs> and it's true. Like I think that this is another misconception that I've had just from being in the world from so young. Like you don't do this and then and you do that. And normally, like for me, I normally do like trust my my intuition and instincts, and I'm always like pleasant to, to everyone, and everyone can always know that I want to start a conversation because I'm just an absolute chatterbox at the same time. But I think that the humanness and also the fact that you reached out to them and you started like the feel, I think that's really beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also love that you took it into your own hands and you weren't like, you're not like a victim of your circumstances. Like, I'm just going to stay home. And this is it. Like you really created that that French from the community because that's what you were really after yourself and then everyone is just like that's exactly what I want as well yeah how do you think developing that community supported yourself and other significant others it brought my husband closer to his players for sure because then you're like okay we're hanging out we're playing cards we're hanging out we're going to dinner right like it's not so much anymore like, okay, I'll see you at the gym. I'll see you at practice, you know, text me the the video footage of, you know, what I need to look for the scout. It's more. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it sounds crazy and, and, you know, also kind of like what you talked about touched on human intuition. I can sense when somebody wants the same or somebody's like, I'm good. So I've kind of, and I don't take offense to it. I will go introduce myself to you. I'll say like, hey, we should, you know, get our kids together. We have, you know, we can have a play date. And if you reciprocate and are like, yes, great. If you are, you know, if it's like the fourth time I've seen you and I haven't heard back from you, then I'm like, all right, that's fine. But I will still say hi to you. And cool. there's no love loss, right? Everybody's so different, you know, what what they're looking for. Um, but I just find that a lot of times people are so shy and people are so reserved. And like you said, maybe have been scarred or, you know, kind of dealt some bad cards in the past. And so then they're kind of turned off by it. But if you kind of open the door, 
Are they going to step through? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But if you don't open it, you won't, you'll never know. So that's kind of the motto that I go by. Um, I just feel like it's better to unite and be in it together than to be separated. Because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to get by and survive through basketball season. That's really what it is, you know? Yeah, I want, I want everyone to like really take action on what you are saying, Julia, because at the end of the day, like if someone listens to this right now is feeling lonely, like use the lines that Julia's actually speaking about. Like, hey, what do you like doing? Do you want to go to the gym? Do you want to make cookies? Like, do you want to do a play date? Like you open that door um, and also don't be offended if it kind of like shuts because that next one will open and they're going to be your people and God connects people in in the perfect way. Um, and I think that we should we should trust that um, and understand that you do have to put yourself out there, especially moving from city to moving from city to city, country to country, club to club. It can it can be annoying. Yeah. You know, like and now the next friendship circle and now the next. So where's my woman gonna be? Like it can be, but then also it can be like really fun and you can like learn more about and you know one thing that I really like the fact that you made that like you make the connections and it can be like without the players right like it can be without the boys so you guys have like the feminine connection and then they can be brought brought into it do you know so i mean i'm sure you're aware of this even if people are married people date people break up uh i've had it happen so many times that it didn't really matter who they dated or not i just love making that connection with that person one of my best friends her and her partner are no longer together. Her and I talk every day and I really have nothing to do with her ex-boyfriend anymore. Um, So it's really just building, you know, friendships. Um, Like I said, they go across borders and, and, and what's wrong with, you know, opening the door and having more, more people in your life. I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with it, especially when you're in a place where, you know, nobody, you know, support each other. I mean, it goes back to this. I, I had my first child and it was, it was tough. I, I, my mom flew in, but then she left. And then I remember getting a text message and somebody was like, Hey, one of the other coaches wise say, Hey, I uh, dropped something on your front porch. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I walk out and it's a full meal, like home cooked meal with, you know, popsicles, like everything you could possibly think of. Um, because I just had a baby three weeks ago, and my mom left and she felt like that it would help me just kind of like, you know, just along the way. That stuff like that goes such a long way and it just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, right? But then it's like, okay, somebody did that for me. Now I want to do it for somebody else. So it's like, I feel like once you start that chain, it kind of continues. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, okay, if I can be the chain reaction to have people be more open and people, you know, even if you're not outgoing, even just if somebody does approach you that you're open to it, right? Um, if, if I can, if you can take that lesson from this, then great, you know? Um, and so, and then for, you know, so for the players, for example, that their girlfriends and significant others, a lot of them were young. I'm pretty young too. When I was in Oklahoma, I was uh, about 26, 27. So it's not too old. And a lot of the girlfriends were about 22, 23, some of the wives. And I had my baby and they had nothing. They were like, I have nothing to do. Can I come over and hold your baby? 
Sure. Yeah. So I can tell, go take a shower, please. And then it would become like a daily thing. They'd be like, I'm coming over with coffee. You can go lay down and I'm going to watch the baby and play with the baby. And so like all those women have kind of turned into like aunties for my, my kids, you know? So it really worked out. I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah, there's so, so many, there's so many like little juicy parts. Like the first bit, what you, which you went into is like, don't allow your identity to be based on who your partner is, who he's friends with, yeah. who, who's in the team, who's not. And that's something that I have always been super strong on. Like anyone that knows me will know that my identity is fully separate from whatever my partner does, who's in the team, X, Y, X, Y, and Z. Um, and just going back to remembering that you have your own identity, you can have your own set of set of friends and connections, etc. as well. Um, and whatever best supports you um, is what is right for you. And then beautiful things like this occur, where someone does something amazing for you and helps you out. And then you've told me and now I'm thinking, hey, how can I help more of the, the other players' wives? A lot of players are actually from Brazil and their families are so so far away um so we do have we do have one specific family that we go to and they've he's just turned one yesterday um and like I feel like I'm his auntie and I didn't I wasn't conscious of it and I'm not like you don't really speak about it to people either but I know how much that actually really helps them like how they can have a helping hand but I just wasn't conscious about it and I think that now that I am I'm definitely gonna be open to doing more things as well because little gestures just go such a far way they do they really do you're right you're 100 right people sometimes are a little scared to share I, i've reached out to people that have been on 15 different teams in 15 years and usually those are players um significant others and families and i'm like how are you dealing with this how are you and then they have like five kids and i'm like school, um, packing everything up. I mean, I hate packing and unpacking. It's like literally just the worst thing in life. And so I, I'm always like, how are you? And then, you know, you get better, you know, you learn the hard way you even, they're like, everything is so what fits your family. And a lot of families, believe it or not, um, have a home base. So this is kind of where we, we now transition to this is like, we bought our house in Philadelphia because my husband is from West Philadelphia. And we said to ourselves, we need a home base because should he get ever fired and we're living in Michigan or I don't know, you know, where do we go? Absolutely. <laughs> so we were like, okay, this is going to be our home base. So we said to ourselves, okay, we have something that we can fall back on if something goes crazy. And so, you know, figuring out what that looks like for your family, I think is so important. And then also taking advice from other people that have been through it. And a lot of the teams here are so helpful too, though. I mean, they, they have handbooks and, and things like that, where they kind of give you like, here's a good moving company. Cause it's like, then you don't have to figure out, oh, what's their, what's their rating on Yelp? You know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure. So they give you kind of a helping hand in that way. And I think that's kind of the movement um, in in this league is that they are trying to do more for the families and for the players as a whole. So it's not just about the 
physical stuff, the playing and getting them ready for for competition, but nutrition, making sure that their families are taken care of, having family events. I think it's so crucial that they always say, you know, happy, happy wife, happy life you know, happy partner, it, it just makes such a big difference when everything at home is going well, and you they feel included in the whole process. And I think NBA teams are realizing that and they're like, okay, how are we going to help the families as well as the players? Because if we help the fa- families, the players can do their thing. Just focus on playing, right? Everything else will be taken care of. So I think that's a good, good thing. I love how you're doing that. I mean, over here, it's I know it's like that in in some of the clubs. The clubs that I've been at, um, I've not been supported. I remember moving over to this island. Um, I moved over on my own because Kenji went to preseason straight away. And I stayed in a hotel. Um, I actually paid for it myself for like four and a half weeks. And I was trying to get my stuff over from England because I'd already arranged a way to get it. And then apparently it wasn't able to come that way. And like, I had to arrange all of this, these like different things. And no one even spoke English on on the team. And I didn't know who to contact because I just come and I didn't know anyone, anyone yet. And I think that that is so important. Like, luckily I'm, I'm really independent and I'll go figure it out for, for myself, but there's other people that, that don't. And it's so important because it can be so stressful on the whole family. Um, so I, I love that. And I feel like if anyone's listening to this and can really support, you know, players, families, when they do move just with like an even simple message, like, Hey, is there anything that I can like share with you? Is there anything that I can support you with is always something that I try and do. Like, here's the nice restaurants. Here's like, here's where I go for a walk. Here's where I go to the gym. Like those simple things, because when you move, you're like, Hey, where's my gym going to be? And you guys are like, where's the school going to be? Um, so there's so much that goes into it. And I feel like we could speak for for hours um, (laughs) on it as well. But Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can my podcast people get involved with Behind the Bench? Where's the best place for them to go? So we have our Instagram, obviously, that's called, it's at Behind the Bench blog. And then we have our website as well, but that's pretty much linked through Instagram. So really just go on Instagram and check us out. My Instagram is at Team Juju, but the Behind the Bench blog is at Behind the Bench blog. So, you know, it's just been awesome to be on. So thank you so much for having um, me. You are so welcome. I will be dropping all of the links below in the description. So make sure you go and check everyone out.